Hey mama, are you wanting to feel confident, strong, and your absolute sexiest in your postpartum body? Or maybe you are wanting to crush it during labor and have the birth experience of your dreams. If that's you, then you are in the right place. This is the Fit Mama podcast, and I am your fitness bestie and host, Sarah. I'm a certified prenatal and postnatal fitness specialist, certified Pilates teacher, and certified yoga instructor. I'm also, and more importantly, a certified hot mess mama with a two-year-old toddler boy who always keeps me on my toes and newborn twin girls. In this podcast, I spill all of my best tips and tricks as a personal trainer and as a mother so you can be your most confident and healthiest self. So settle in, grab a cup of coffee, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Fit Mama podcast. If we have heard it once, we've heard it a million times. That's this famous quote of comparison is the thief of joy. And I have heard that many a time in my life, but I think that during this stage of life especially, I find that quote can really cut me to my core because it is so true, not just in motherhood, but also fitness. And that adorable noise in the background was one of my girls. She is yawning over there. So if you hear a strange pause in the audio, it's because I need to run her upstairs for a nap in a little bit. But anyway, comparison. Uh, Before I jump into that topic, I do want to touch on our question of the week. Today's question actually comes from one of you guys over on Instagram. Um, This person basically was asking about my best tips to sticking with a workout routine and being consistent, especially when you are dealing with a spouse who travels for work. She found that while her spouse was traveling, she would kind of like get in a groove, but then when her spouse would return home, there's all of these added responsibilities. And then she had school pickups and drop-offs to deal with and then extracurriculars for her kids. And it was just in general becoming difficult to stay consistent when she has so many moving parts in her life. So for her to stay consistent or for anyone who is struggling with this to stay consistent, there are really two things that I think need to happen. Uh, First off, communication with your partner, because at the end of the day, this should be a partnership, right? Which means that you two share the responsibilities equally. If there are added responsibilities when your partner is around, then you should not be the only one responsible for taking care of them. You should be working on it together. And so if you find that 100% of those added responsibilities are falling on your shoulders, and that's making it impossible for you to take care of yourself and your health, there really needs to be a conversation there. If you have a loving and supporting partner, they will understand and hopefully will get on board, but you do need to be clear and concise and honest with your communication in the most graceful way. I'm no expert on speaking gracefully. My husband knows this, like I'm a very direct person. It can sometimes come off as like cold. That's not what I want you to go for here. Really lay on the grace, but do be honest. And then secondly, you're going to have to be willing to adjust after you have this conversation, because it may turn out that after you have this conversation about routines and how this is important to you and, you know, trying to work towards a solution with your partner, they may propose a version of the routine that wouldn't be necessarily your ideal, but it's what will work. And if it works and it's not totally unacceptable to you, then maybe 
we need to compromise and maybe you need to accept a less than ideal if it is ultimately what's best for everybody. We are looking for a win-win situation, right? But just because it's win-win doesn't mean that it is like going to a luxury spa, hotel, gym, and being able to do like your full two-hour fitness routine. And, you know, not saying any of you are expecting that out of life, but just realize that it might not be what you have in your head as your ideal. However, it is better than nothing, right? And if that's the goal to stay consistent, then that means that we do need to be consistent doing something, So to sum it all up, you really need to be able to communicate and compromise. And that is my advice, not only for being consistent with your fitness routine when you've got a lot of moving parts in your life, but just for partnerships and marriage in general, you know, learn how to communicate, learn how to compromise. Things will go a lot smoother. So having now covered our question of the week, let's jump into the topic at hand that makes me a little bit uncomfy to talk about, but I think it's important. So comparison. Uh, specifically in the area of fitness. I think that comparison is something that a lot of moms struggle with. I think I'm not alone in finding myself comparing myself to others more often than I would like. Um, And it's not just in fitness that we do this, right? Like we compare ourselves to the quote unquote fun mom, to the mom who always seems to participate in all of the school activities, no problem the one who never forgets anything, the one who always has her hair and makeup done or her nails are perfect or she's so stylish or, you know, the mom who does all of the crafts and the cupcakes. And like, I think that there is a point at which we all wish we could be that Pinterest mom. And while that could take up an entire podcast episode in and of itself, probably several podcast episodes, I want to just kind of stay in my lane, which is fitness and what we are doing in terms of comparison while on our fitness journeys and how that is affecting us and sometimes sabotaging us. So I'm going to start with some obvious comparisons, and then I might get to the most insidious comparison at the very end. So be sure to stick around for that. So first off, the obvious comparison. We compare ourselves to these fitness influencers, right? And if you've listened to this podcast or been around for any time at all, you know that I have major beef with these fitness influencers for a variety of reasons. But the biggest one is this. These fitness influencers are not actually interested in you getting healthy. What they're interested in is influencing you to buy a product because they make money when brands sponsor them and brands sponsor them when they are able to get their watchers to buy their products. And so to buy these products, you need to be made to feel extremely uncomfortable in your body, specifically the way that your body looks. They don't care about how you feel. They don't care about your actual health, or they wouldn't be promoting things like detox teas and skinny cookies, right? What they want is for you to feel bad about the way that you look because you're comparing your body to their selfie. And then they want you to go and click on that link in their bio and buy some kind of crap diet product. And so the name of the game with them is comparison. They want you to compare your body to theirs. And on top of that, you're not always comparing your body to what is actually their body. You're comparing it to their best angles, their best lighting, steroids, Photoshop, Botox, injections, like the whole nine yards. And then they're telling you, oh, it was this skinny tea or like this other product or it's this new gym set. Like now I see all of these things that are, you know, these products off of Amazon that I just can't live without. And then they are posing in only the most flattering angles and showing off these workout sets. And listen, like I love a good deal. 
Like I am a thrifting queen. That is not my issue at all. My beef with all of this stuff is that they are selling you products, but they are not honest about what they themselves actually look like or how they achieved the physiques that they do have. And so we are comparing ourselves to them and then we sometimes do cave in and buy the products and then we still don't look like them and we blame ourselves over and over and over. And while we're on the topic of fitness influencers, let's just talk about in general, what we have been fed by the media since the nineties, which is the six pack abs, right? Like on the cover of women's health magazines. And, you know, we saw how these women were doing the grapefruit diet and like all of these crazy things because they're supposed to look like these fitness models. Most of us don't actually want the six pack. And let me explain what I mean by that. There is the six pack in theory, and then there's the six pack in practice. To be able to see your abs requires you to be at such a low percentage of body fat for you to be able to see them with this amount of definition that is glorified on social media and in magazines and all of that stuff. You have to be at such a low percentage of body fat that you are not really living at that point. You are simply surviving. And I I mean this sometimes literally in the sense that a lot of these women have amenorrhea where they are not menstruating because their bodies are not in a safe place to be able to be fertile. Uh, But then also metaphorically, you're not really living if all you're doing is counting every morsel that goes into your mouth and you're obsessing about food because you've been restricting it for so long that like mentally you can't take it anymore. That is not living. Take it from me. I have, I've been there. Okay. I went through the ED. I had the obsession. And let me just tell you, when you are cold all the time, when you cannot go out to dinner with your friends when you are counting your calories, not only in an app, but mentally every single second of the day and just looking forward to the next meal time so you can like put a scroungy little morsel in your mouth, that is not living. It is devastating mentally to be in that place. And there was a time when I was restricting that much before I went way too far that I did have the six pack. And you know what? I had the six pack and I didn't like the way that I looked. I still thought that I was overweight because that wasn't really what I wanted. I I wanted something that was unachievable because even when you get down to that body fat percentage, sometimes you don't even look like the models in the magazines because they're not being honest either about the way that they look like. Like they are using other things, the lighting, the tans, the Photoshop again and again. They're portraying something that's not real. But this is the comparison that has been drilled into our minds. We compare ourselves to these images and feel less than when we don't look like them. Like I, I'm going to tell myself here, I wake up some mornings and I am deep in the throes of postpartum hair loss, right? And so I take my hair down from like my pineapple bun on the top of my head and I look at it and I'm just like, I'm bald. Like I'm bald. It's really, really like a point right now of um, discomfort with my appearance. And while I am sitting there criticizing, I post a video on TikTok where I'm standing in front of some really good lighting in my house and my hair is, you know, now ready for the day. And I get comments saying like, I love your hair. It's so beautiful. How do you get so much volume? And I'm like, volume? Where? but they are getting just a snippet of me. And no, I'm not using like a filter or Photoshop on my hair, but 
but angles and lighting and the colors around you, all of that matters. I have a brown door behind me. And so you can't see where my hair is thin because I have this like brown color behind my hair. And so it kind of matches my natural hair color. And that gives the appearance of probably more hair than what I actually have. And if I were to just turn around and have the window behind me and all of that backlight, everyone would see like, oh, she looks really different. And so I say all that to say, I am currently you know, struggling with some comparison in that area, but then also I know people are struggling because they're comparing themselves to me. And I find that wild and I've tried to be very open when the people comment that, like I'll put in the comment section, you know, hey, I've got a lot of postpartum hair loss going on. Like this is not what my hair looks like all the time. But even then I can't answer every single comment all the time. I'm sure that there are people that I have not seen their comments and specifically on TikTok and a few videos that have like hundreds or even thousands of comments, it's going to slip through the cracks. And I hate that, that people have this idea or that they're comparing themselves to me. And it's funny that it's in about one of these things that's like my biggest insecurity right now. But regardless, we can't compare ourselves to what we see on social media because it's just a snippet. And I'm not going to take a video of myself when I wake up in the morning, right? And like my hair is crazy and thin and it looks not great, right? And those influencers aren't going to do it either. And I don't really blame them in that aspect. Like no one wants to put their worst out there for the world to see. Um, but it's also important for all of us to have the reminder every once in a while to not compare your morning face and hair to someone who has had full glam makeup done and then a filter and then a beauty smoothing filter and then they've got the fake tan and like the fillers and all of that stuff don't compare you in the morning when you first wake up to what you see as soon as you open your phone in the morning like it's there's no faster way to burst your bubble and feel worse about yourself than opening up social media first thing in the morning and having that immediate comparison. Okay, next up, second way we compare ourselves. Let's bring it a little bit closer to home. We compare ourselves to the moms around us, friends or not. It's kind of inevitable because we want to make sure in a way that we're doing a good job with our kids. So we do compare ourselves in terms of like our child's development or in milestones like, oh my gosh, it is very intimidating when your child is different than other children and you wonder if it's like okay different or if it's like concerning different i think i've used this example before but a friend of ours who had her baby a little baby girl like three weeks before i had my firstborn uh, her daughter will sit down and color for just like an hour straight in silence just like sit and color and my child still wants to eat crayons at two and a half years old almost three years old now and so I have that comparison sometimes and I'm like, am I doing this right? Like how many ways do I have to teach him not to eat the crayons? But <laughs> we also compare ourselves to the moms around us in terms of fitness, right? Like, oh, so-and-so just ran a 5K or so-and-so is going to another Pilates class in the middle of the week and like that must be nice. And, and it is nice. Um, but maybe we can shift our focus from comparison and feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough to maybe that's a mom I want to befriend. Unless of course she's just like so snobby and you just can't stand the idea of it. 
maybe that's someone that you want to make friends with because we are the sum of the people we are closest with. And so if you surround yourself with these moms who are really fit, even if you feel like, oh, I'm not the fit mom, okay, you are, and you're in the process of becoming even more fit, right? So we're going to surround ourselves with people who support that lifestyle. I did a whole podcast about mom friends and that community aspect and finding mom friends who are fit. And part of it is because of this. We want to shift from comparison to community, right? And that starts with the mom friends or the moms who are not yet our friends that surround us. So if you have found yourself kind of feeling jealous or like irritated or less than when you're surrounded by these moms, I want to challenge you to reach out to her this week and maybe ask if you can go with her to one of these things or ask her if she can recommend a training plan to you or, you know, whatever. Find a way that you can become closer and just see maybe that where that goes. An added bonus of this is not only are you possibly going to have like a workout buddy, but also when you become closer to her, I'm willing to bet that you're going to see that she doesn't really have it all together. I think sometimes when we look at the moms all around us, we think that they are the Pinterest moms, but we're not, and that they have it all together and we don't. And a lot of our comparison comes from the idea that if they're able to do this, then they must also be doing X, Y, and Z as well, because look at how well they're doing this one thing. They are probably excellent in everything. And that's just not the case. Like we all have our strong suits. We all have our areas of genius. Um, and you know, she might be looking at you and thinking, oh, I wish I could bake like her. Like I definitely feel that I'm not very good at baking because I don't like to measure things very accurately. I just like to throw stuff in a pan and hope that it turns out right. And I have a friend of mine who is incredible at baking. And one day I was, you know, laughing and had a bit of self-deprecating humor with her. And I was like, oh, I suck at this. Like, thanks so much for coming to teach me. And she called me out on it. She said, Sarah, you don't suck at it. You are learning. Everyone starts somewhere and it's okay. It's going to turn out fine. And just hearing her say that and validate that like, no, you're not bad at this. We're just learning together and you're starting now and that's enough was really, really great for my mental health. And it also had me kind of reprogram the way that I was speaking about myself. And I think that it will help you to surround yourself with women as well, where you can see, okay, they don't have it all together. And also there are things that we can help each other with. Maybe she helps me become more fit. Maybe I help her with X, Y, Z, whatever it is that you are good at, because I'm sure she's also playing the comparison game. Any mom out there is likely to compare herself to you in one moment or another. And the grass is quote unquote, always greener, right? Um, but maybe the grass is greenest where we water it together. I'm realizing that that kind of sounded like those Campbell's Soup for the Soul books. Like, does anyone remember these from, I think it was like the 90s or early 2000s? Uh, I don't know where they came from, but like my grandmother had some, my mom had some. I would just find them randomly and read them. I would be like reading Campbell's Soup for the single dad or like, I don't know, whatever was around. Uh, and they always had these like inspirational little stories and quotes and poems in them. And I ate that up. So anyway, if they are still making those books, hit me up. I have lots of little phrases that you can stick in there. But anyway, last form of comparison. And this is the most insidious form of comparison because I think that we all do it and aren't aware of it. And it's not something we do once. It is something we do throughout the course of our entire lives. 
we compare ourselves now to a version of our past selves. And the brain is very good at erasing all of the unpleasant parts of our past and leaving us only with the good memories. And it's very good at making our present somehow seem awful, right? I think we've all had this moment where you look at like a picture of you back in college or in high school and you're like, wow, like look at me then. I was so beautiful or I was so well rested or, you know, I was so full of life or et cetera, et cetera. Me looking back at those pictures like I had so much hair, okay? But, but then we're looking at this past version of ourselves and forgetting how we felt at that time. And back then, maybe we were comparing ourselves to who we were in high school, or maybe we were still wanting to make changes about ourselves. And the interesting thing is, in another five or 10 years, you're gonna look at pictures and videos of yourself now and maybe think the same thing. Like, oh man, why was I so hard on myself? Like, look at me then, I was so beautiful. And it's just this never ending cycle because Unfortunately, we're going to age, right? And so there will be parts of our body that even if we work on improving ourselves, we will have to accept come, right? Like you can get all of the filler in the world and you still are gonna end up with some like lines here or there on your face. Or, you know, maybe you were tanner back then because you were outside more, like, I don't know. There's always something, right? Like we can nitpick ourselves to death. And because there's always something, we never learn to really be satisfied and happy with the body that we have. I, this is just honest corner with Sarah today. I've got one more uh, personal anecdote of this. So when I was pregnant with the twins, obviously I was significantly larger than I had ever been in my life as I'm carrying two babies. And I remember I was scrolling through social media, trying to find something that I could repost, um, something from one of my social media feeds to put as like a filler that day because I was feeling super sick and I didn't really have energy to like film something new. And so as I'm looking through, I see a video of me from, I forget when, but I was probably like a year and a half postpartum with my firstborn. And... I open up this video and I'm like, wow, I had abs. Like I was looking good in this video. And then I remembered the process of filming that video. And I remember feeling really self-conscious at the time because I was thinking, wow, I like don't look as shredded as I should for a fitness coach. And you know, what are, what are people going to say? And I don't want trolls to come at me. And like, you know, when you have... (laughs) a video go viral once where like you have hundreds of people telling you that you're ugly, those things kind of stick. And that did happen to me. I still have some like insecurities that I'm dealing with from the first time I went viral on TikTok. You can't even find that video anymore because people were so hateful that I deleted it after it reached like 2 million views or something. Like just that comment section was filled with people calling me ugly. Like, (laughs) and it was just like teenagers. I don't know why it mattered that much to me, but I don't know. I I couldn't handle it. I'll just be honest. Like I felt the worst about myself and I was postpartum then with my first and already feeling quite insecure. So, you know, having hundreds of people confirm your worst fears and your worst insecurities is not fun. Um, and so I remembered at the time filming this TikTok and, and being very afraid of like, oh, they're going to call me ugly again. They're going to call me like fat or you know, talk about like, again, my hair or whatever, and not wanting to post it. And then fast forward 
a little bit after that, like a year after that, when I'm pregnant with the twins and thinking, I looked so good then. <laughs> and it's just, it's wild. Our brains can play some pretty nasty tricks on us and societal pressures can as well. And I just wanna encourage you today to do less comparison to your past self and just focus on the present. Really cultivating gratitude for what your body is able to do in the present uh, cultivate some good habits that are going to help you to feel your absolute best where you're at and, and leave it there. Kind of like just control what you control, be where you are, and then truly let it go. Because you cannot control the future. You cannot change the past. All you can do is live in the present and control what is in front of you today. And I do use that word control very lightly, given the fact that, you know, a lot of us, I think most of us listening to this podcast are moms and quite aware that there are a lot of things that we think we can control and a toddler will show you very quickly that you cannot. <laughs> so I, I just want to leave you with that idea of uh, controlling what you think you can and just letting go of the rest, letting go of the mom guilt, letting go of the comparison, because like I said at the start of this podcast, comparison truly is the thief of all joy. You need to find your joy in the process, which is truly the best gift and mindset shift that you can make for yourself. So hopefully this was helpful to you. Uh, hopefully today you are a little bit kinder with yourself. Maybe this will inspire you to like reach out to that mom uh, who is the quote unquote fit mom that you have been comparing yourself to. Maybe you can make a new friend. Uh, and of course, I always want to be friends, be besties with you guys. I say that you're my fitness bestie. And so please reach out, connect with me on social media. My handle on Instagram and TikTok is sarahkelly.co. That's Sarah with an H, Kelly with an E-Y dot C-O. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to DM me. Or if you just want to like chat, just reach out. And until the next podcast, enjoy your coffee, reheat it if you need to, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye guys.